the word of God for us, the people of God. Isaiah 53, 3-5 He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Wounded for our transgressions, bruised for your and my iniquities. And the price for our redemption was placed in him, Christ. By his wounds, by his stripes, we were healed. We appropriate what Christ has done on the cross for us. It's wonderful to see the pages of the scriptures unfolding from the Old Testament right into the New. As I stated earlier, in the Old Testament, Isaiah and the prophets and the people of the day, they looked towards the coming Messiah. They looked towards the day when Christ would come and there would be no more need to kill animals and sprinkle their blood as partial atonement for sins. They looked towards that time when the Lamb of God that will take away the sins of the world would come and bore in himself the iniquities of all of us once and for all. They, by faith, looked towards the cross. We today are privileged to be on the other side of the cross. But it still requires faith. Today, the church and the nation's Humanity is called to exercise the, the mustard seed of faith and look back at the cross, look back at the accomplishment of Christ, look back at what was accomplished, that we would never forget the manner of love with which the Lord loves us, not going through rituals, but embracing a relationship, because relationship is what trumps it all. Just like the relationship that we have with loved ones in our homes. That despite how we feel physically, it doesn't alter the fact that we are committed in love. Because we have entered into a relationship. He took your place and mine. He, Christ, he died. Yes, he did. But he he didn't stay dead. He didn't stay in the grave. For on the third day, he cries, he is risen. I said, he is risen. And the word of God tells us in Matthew's gospel, the 28th chapter, verses 1 through 11, it tells us that after the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb, there was a violent earthquake, for the angel of the Lord had come and removed that which she, in her own strength, would not have been able to remove. You see, Christ was no longer in the tomb. 
he was risen. The third verse says his appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The fourth verse of the 28th chapter says and the guards that stood guarding the guards were afraid of, of him that they shook and became like dead men. And the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, Yeshua, who was crucified. He's not here. He has risen just as he had said, Come, come see the place where they the place where he lay. Then go, go quickly and, and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of them into Galilee. And there you will see him. Now I have told you. John's gospel gives insight and Mary is there again who stood outside the tomb. And this time John, giving us some emotional insight, John says she wept. And she wept. She bent over to look into the tomb and, and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been. One at the head and the other at the foot. And they asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she, she turned around and she saw Jesus there, but she didn't know, did not realize it was him. And even he asked of her, woman, why are you crying? you are looking for and thinking that he was just the gardener she said sir if you have carried him away tell me tell me where you have put him and I I Mary I will get him and Jesus said to her Mary she turned towards him and she cried out in Aramaic Rabboni, teacher, he knew her and called her by name. And today, he knows each one of us. And he calls us by name. But have you noted, he called her by name because she was in that posture of seeking him, even though she knew he was crucified. Her commitment, she was going the distance. There was... There was nothing to be compared with this man, this one solitary life that she had encountered. And even though she felt possibly that death was, that was the closure, failing to fully grasp what Christ had shared, she was yet seeking him. We need to continuously seek him. Even when things in our own lives start drying up and are partially dead because of his love and his commitment to us. He was crucified. He died. 
He was buried. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John's gospel all bore witness that the tomb is empty because Christ has been resurrected. The cross is bare. The tomb is empty because of our Savior being resurrected. We reflect. He wants a relationship with us. He wants intimacy with us. Not just for a day, for an hour, but for a lifetime. Because of his love for us. He declares that I am the resurrection and I'm life. And he brings forgiveness. He brings forgiveness. Despite where you are, where you have been, what you have failed to have done, he brings forgiveness. It's not our works of righteousness. It's what has been accomplished in the person of Jesus Christ on the cross. And he calls us back to himself to be reconciled to him. Come out of religion and come into relationship with him. What manner of love is this? We close this afternoon acknowledging that it's a love unlike any other. John's Gospel, chapter 3 and verse 1. What manner? When, when you allow yourself to truly ponder on the depth and the magnitude, wow, the overwhelmingness of the love with which the Lord God loves you, and demonstrated that love in the person of Christ. Love him with all of your heart, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. Let's love him as we go forth into this new season. Let's look back. Let's reflect. For Peter, who went back to fishing, Jesus, as he confronted him, he said, Peter, do you love me more than these? Not just once. He asked a second time. He did so a third time. I want us to hear his voice as we prepare to leave. Because he's speaking to Rima as he's speaking to each of you. And he's asking of you, do you love me more than, and it is different for different ones of us what it is that we often put before him. Do you love me more than these? And if like Peter answered is yes, Lord, I love you, you know I love you. He then calls us into not only fellowship, but he calls us into service. He said, go feed my sheep, my sheep. God has equipped you not just to love him, but to be used to him to bless others. What power there is in the name of Jesus. At the very sound of that name, even demons tremble. So therefore, therefore God has highly exalted Christ and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So at the name of Jesus, 
every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and on the earth and every town confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Is he Lord of our lives? Let us respond to him. He's risen. Oh Lord, we thank you as we enter into this space of rest. Rest for our souls. Rest for our spirit. Rest from our troubles. There is no other rest except for the rest that we have through Jesus Christ our Lord. You said to take your yoke upon us. For your yoke is easy and your way is light. So we enter into that place, oh God, learning the importance of giving you our burdens. We are no longer condemned because of the blood of Christ. We thank you for forgiving us of our sins. We thank you, Lord.